Now, back to Bet MGM tonight. Here are Nick Ashu, Trista Crick, and Ryan Horvath on the BetQL Network, presented by Bet MGM. You know, as we head early in a week, too, guys, the thing that you, it's like you have to get back in the pattern of is always checking NFL injuries. Because that all that can be a determining factor in so many games. And and really, like the Eagles are heading into this game tomorrow night against the Vikings. They're gonna be down a lot of really important players, and that that could play a key factor in this game. Oh yeah, especially on a short week, right? You know, that's the one problem with mm-hmm. Thursday night football, is it's short turnaround. So usually, I mean, you gotta be especially early on in the season, if you got guys dealing with minor injuries, it's better just to hold out. Especially if you're a team like Philadelphia, because you have bigger dreams than just beating Minnesota week two. Yeah, might as well keep everyone out. Yeah. It's a big dream. What are you talking about? Beating Kirk Cousins in Minnesota. Time. Yeah, you got to keep it going. Prime time. Although Thursday night, Kirk, usually a little bit better. Ah, sorry, I'm watching the Rangers here. I know. I don't like the start of this game so far. It's all right. They just need to be up one nothing after the fifth. That's all I need. All right, Dan Carpix, the BetQL managing editor, jumps on with us. 22-11 and 11 last week in NFL props. Congratulations, sir. You, yeah. Let me tell you something. NBA props, you and I have had these discussions over the years. NFL, too. You are the king with that, which it's interesting because, you know, we're, we're, we're talking about here all, all the injuries really on both sides of the football for the Eagles heading into week two. But, you know, specifically the defensive side. They got some key names out. When you see that, what are some names or maybe just an overall outlook on this game that you now see because of what the Eagles are dealing with? Oh, yeah. I heard you guys talking about the over. I absolutely love the over. But specifically, the first half over really, really is sticking out to me. It's a 24 and a half here. BetQL projects 26 and a half. This is a five-star bet in our model. And I have a couple little nuggets here uh, to throw in. Last season, Jalen Hurts ranked eighth in the NFL in first half pass attempts. In the second half, 24th. In the fourth quarter, 32nd. So when this team gets out to a big lead or they get out to a lead, they try to run the football, have control of the clock. So that's why I think there's a little bit more safety in over 24 and a half uh, going over that in the first half here at plus 100. Um, but someone who we talked about last week, Trista, I believe you brought him up, is Mr. Jordan Addison. And he is really, really sticking out to me this week. Only three Vikings wide receivers saw snaps last week. So very rarely do you see this concentration. And as someone who loves betting player props, this is exactly what I love to see. We had Justin Jefferson logging 63. That's 98% of the snaps. KJ Osborne logging 58, 91 one percent of the snap only logged 36 at 56 percent but i think that's going to start to tick up definitely this week of course you have jefferson who's going to attract a ton of attention uh nine catches 150 yards last week he probably could have had 200 if he was targeted more he's out like out of this world obviously uh, but addison outperformed osborne despite getting 22 two fewer snaps i love him over three and a half catches at minus 115 also, over 39 and a half receiving yards at minus 115. Those two were the first two things I circled in this game. Um, Addison averaged 2.9 yards of separation per route on Sunday. That was more than names like Jamar Chase, Calvin Ridley, who had an awesome game, A.J. Brown, Stephon Diggs. He also saw 25% of the team's air yards, despite only playing just over 50% of the snaps. Uh, That ranked fifth among all rookie wideouts. I think he's going to start to tick upward here. And most importantly, if he sees a lot of time in the slot, you got to remember 
that this Eagles defense just got crushed by Kendrick Bourne last week, who had six six catches for 64 yards, two touchdowns. Um, Addison saw 11 snaps in the slot last week, 25 on the outside. But I think he's going to be someone to exploit in the middle of the field. And, Nick, I heard you talking about how uh, Kirk Cousins might have to get the ball out nice and early. Uh, mm-hmm. I think Addison, if he lines up in the slot, could be one of those recipients of passes in the middle of the field. It, it looks like uh, Alexander Madison's just not going to be the best replacement for Dalvin Cook. He had 11 attempts for 34 rushing yards. Uh, the defense for Philly is still legit. Uh, his rushing yard number, 50 and a half, same, minus 115 both ways. Doesn't it feel like an under here, or am I missing something? Absolutely. 100% going under on him until he proves us wrong. Um, the offensive line is going to be in shambles again. Their starting center, I believe, is out for this game as well. So they're going to be depleted on the offensive line. And as they showed last week, of course, any team that plays the Buccaneers is going to struggle rushing the ball because the Buccaneers are just such a pass funnel defense uh, where they sell out against the run. They want to get beaten by the pass. Um, I think we're going to see a really nice pass happy atmosphere for both teams here. Um, Kirk Cousins over 24 and a half pass completions at minus 110 also seems like a pretty solid target here. James Bradbury obviously out, Reed Blankenship, Nicobe Dean also both out. Over his last six games versus the Eagles, he had this many completions, 30, 31, 14, 30, 30, and 27. Now, that was obviously, that could be for a variety of teams, you know, but still, uh, he easily over that amount if you want uh, some ammo backing you up on this one. Last week, 33 for 44, 344 yards, two touchdowns, interception. Um, In Philly, uh, their run defense was great last week. They held Ezekiel Elliott, Ramondre Stevenson to just 54 rushing yards and 19 carries. So that blends into what you were just saying about Madison. Madison and Ty Chandler combined for 34 rushing yards on 14 carries. Chandler had three carries for no yards. Um, so if, if you see, I don't really trust in him either. Um, so therefore, I have no faith in Minnesota's rushing game. I really want to target their passing game. We're starting to get some player props uh, released right now, and obviously, you know, the big board uh, for week two in the NFL. What do you like as far as your uh, the weekend? What else do you got, Dan? Oh, Justin Fields, over 179 and a half passing yards. This seems like a layup to me versus the Buccaneers. Like I was just saying, this Buccaneer, you don't want to roster any running backs or back any running backs against this defense, but that number's way too low on Justin Fields. Yes, he struggled last week. Um, but he still had 216 yards. He went 24 for 37 with a touchdown and an interception. Um, the trio of running backs, Khalil Herbert, Roshan Johnson, Dante Foreman, just 63 yards on 19 carries. I don't trust them at all. And I expect big things from, like, what happened at DJ Moore last week? Just completely non-existent. Darnell Mooney, uh, he showed up a little bit. I think he caught a touchdown pass. But Chase Claypool, Cole Komet, these guys I think are going to help Fields get over this number. That seems way too low. I like that all the way up over the 200-yard mark very easily. Um, Another guy I want to target in on here is Calvin Ridley. Over his receiving yards mark, I project that to come in around in the low 70s just based on where he was last week. Um, But outside of Tyree Kill, you can make the argument that Calvin Ridley was the most impressive wideout in week one. 
He caught eight of 11 targets for 101 yards and a touchdown, but he would have had another touchdown in about 150 to 160 yards uh, if one play wasn't called back. So um, I rostered him in daily fantasy games, and I was really upset that that second touchdown was called back, Uh, but he helped me cash there. So he's on my side this week. But he's going up against the Chiefs. He's going to be relied on to produce in the passing game. Um, and Trevor Lawrence is pretty clear that he has a rapport with him, and that was pretty obvious in week one as he was the go-to guy. Yeah, he was somebody. I live bet his receiving yards, I think, twice just to make sure because you knew he was just going to keep climbing. We're seeing that instant chemistry there. Dan Carpick, bet MGM tonight. Uh, there were some offenses that looked good week one, Dan. And then there were some where you went, oh, my God, did you forget how to play football? Whether it was the Chiefs receivers <laughs> looking like they put olive oil on their gloves, whether it was the Bengals who just couldn't do anything along with Kenny Pickett and the Steelers. When you looked at some of the bad offensive performances that we saw in week one, is there a team or maybe multiple teams where you say they actually could be that bad this entire season? Because to me, a lot of them, I felt like it was just the early week one rust. Yeah, I, I definitely think the early week one rust is is certainly a thing here. Particularly, like, what Joe Burrow and the Bengals did was just shocking to me. I know that I came on with you guys and talked about how our season-long model had them winning eight games and how that was wildly different than, I think it was 11 and a half games um, that was at BetMGM preseason for them. Um, but the Bengals just, it's something was up with Burrow. I don't know if he's not fully healthy, um, but that's probably one of the reasons why I like the Ravens plus three and a half against them uh, this week here. They've also, the Ravens have also gone 18, three and one against the spread in their last 22 games as an underdog, which is an insane trend and just speaks volumes once again to how well this organization is run. We talked about them in the preseason, how awesome they are. And it's really, it's obvious that this coaching staff in in John Harbaugh uh, really get them ready to play on a week to week basis. Um, But even the Ravens though, like they beat the Texans 25 to nine in week one, but Lamar Jackson looked terrible absolutely terrible so that week one rust i think is is really gonna we're gonna see some positive regression for a lot of these teams but i would take advantage um in these situations in these early season situations to a situation like joe burrow where he really just seemed out of it and they were not in rhythm whatsoever and it's against a team like the ravens who i actually have the ravens winning the super bowl this year um i i really expect the ravens to come out and play and, and i would be really concerned if i was a Bengals fan right now would you be concerned if you were a seahawks fan because the line's <laughs> been moving all over the place with uh, detroit i saw it was at six last night it's now down to five and a half I think it opened maybe at four and a half, but the Seahawks looked horrible against the Rams. Is this one of those bounce-back scenarios for the Seahawks, or do you still like the Lions? Oh, love the Lions. And I, and I heard Ken Barkley talking about this also and how they're just going to be manhandled on the line on both sides of the football, and it's not even going to be close. So I love the Lions rushing attack in this one. I think that they're going to take care of business. And what the Seahawks showed, I, I could not believe, that was one of the first, like, the first picks that I made um, was was fading them, because um, I, I, or was fading the Rams, excuse me. 
Um, and I could not believe what the Rams were able to do with it. Puka Nakua looked like better than Cooper Cup. Um, we saw Tutu Atwell roast them as well. So um, I, I'm really, really low on the Seahawks. And, and uh, you know, what they showed last week, I, I don't know how you can have really any confidence in them this week until they prove otherwise. If they go in and win that game, of course you can start to look at, at them on a week-to-week basis. But right now, after what they showed, absolutely not. What do you what do you think about the AFC East right now? I mean, like who has the most to gain with Aaron Rodgers being out for the season? Because we get a big game with the Patriots now moving to three point dogs. There's been a little bit of line movement right there. Total forty six and a half. A lot of people like Miami now. Uh, what do you do in the East and what do you do in that game, if anything at all? Yeah, so I, I think right now we're looking at my it's it's Miami's to lose. Um just because of um, all of the weapons they have offensively. We have aggressive play calling, which I love to see. I also think that I'm high on them because I think they are going to find a way to make some midseason acquisitions. If Jonathan Taylor ends up finding his way there, that offense could be so, so, so fun to watch. Um, but, you know, I, I definitely think it's going to run through them right now. We saw what happened uh, with, I mean, obviously the Bills are going to be in in the discussion. Um, BetQL, just want to put, throw this in there. Bills minus nine versus the Raiders this week, four-star value. We have them winning by 13. So we have them rebounding quite nicely after that loss there. Um, so I think it's obviously going to be between um, the Bills and the Dolphins. Um, but I just think that the Dolphins have more ways to beat you. Um, I think that that aggressive style play calling and forcing Josh Allen into some uh, pretty bad situations is something that pretty much uh, the league's been able to do when he gets in these clutch situations. So um, I don't trust in Josh Allen's ability to to not take big hits and to not throw the ball into harm's way when it matters most. And if Tua stays healthy, that's the big question mark. Can Tua stay healthy? If he does, then I think that uh, it's really going to be the Dolphins here. Dan, got about a minute or so left here. That, that Cowboys defense, we saw how fast they were, just absolutely manhandling the Giants. Can they do the same thing, not just this week, because that's that's one thing, but this entire season? Because if they're that fast, the league is in trouble, and Dak Prescott's never going to have to throw a football. Yeah, I mean, that's in a perfect world that would happen for them, right? I think, <laughs> um, like you mentioned this week, uh, with Zach Wilson, he's not going to have much of a... Uh, I don't think he's going to make much of a positive impact Ugh. for the Jets this week. Uh, the under there is really uh, it's fantastic to me. I think we, we project 34 points in that game. Uh, so keep betting the under there, everybody. But, uh, but yeah, I really think that you know there's a, there's a ton of playmakers here. I think it is also worth mentioning that special teams did come into play in week one. So let's, not, let's pump the brakes a little bit on calling them uh, you know, the best defense ever. Uh, let's see them do it against a real, real opponent. Um, but but I think that, you know, if week two, week three, week four come around and they're still flying around the field making plays like that, then, uh, you know, they're in the discussion of being the best defense in football and someone we could trust week to week. Yeah, no question. Special teams help, but my God, they're fast. And when you, if you have speed in the NFL, you can literally do anything now. Dan Karpuk, always good to talk to you, man. Thanks for coming on with us. Thank you, Dan. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Dan. You know, speaking of unders, I was looking at some of the uh, the movement in the totals we've got here. So, Brown Steelers opened up at 43. It was 40 earlier today. It's now dropped again to 38 and a half. Oof. So, if you took the under in that game, you should feel in, uh, feeling all right. That's yeah. why you take them early. Yeah, that's why you take them early. Absolutely. Yeah, a lot of unders, I think, this week. I agree. Yeah.
It's, it might be the first I couple think I of weeks. I have five unders so far. Yeah. I've actually bet more overs though than I have in a long time. Well, two. So there's co- there's a few games though where the offense is just going to be yeah. it's going to be Come bad on. all over. Yeah, oh, yeah. Hopefully, Jacksonville, Kansas City.